are back with another episode of Bully Ball. I am Jason Aponte, joined as always by the drippiest of 49ers Twitter, Steph Sanchez. What a hat. Steph, what's up? Oh, man, I just rolled out of bed. Come on now. I, you too. My voice is still deep. I haven't had coffee yet. So, but, you know, I love to talk about the 49ers as soon as I wake up. So, yeah. And, you know, for me, and, and parents will relate to this, is my daughter continues to just get sick every two or three weeks and i'm the collateral damage for it so she's been sick the last few days and then all of a sudden she wakes up today she feels a little bit better but now guess whose body is hurting and now is sick this guy whatever not here to complain but i am here to complain about something that just came out steph i love the game of football i love the players that play in the nfl I despise the NFL as an organization, and nothing points to that now more than the announced pricing for NFL Sunday Ticket on YouTube TV. Now, Steph, you live in Colorado. I live in New Jersey. The 49ers aren't exactly on TV for us in the area unless they have a matchup. Now, I mean, like Sunday Night Football, Thursday Night Football, it's got to be national TV. For me, I have found a way to watch them. I will not reveal that on here. But there was some sort of, I guess, optimism when you found out that YouTube TV was going to take it over from DirecTV. But let me just go over these prices real quick. Mm -hmm. Do it. YouTube TV subscribers, meaning you have to be subscribed to YouTube. You have to be subscribed to YouTube TV. It's $349 for the season. $249 if you purchase before June 6th. It's $389 and $289 if you purchase early if you bundle it with Red Zone. Now, if you don't have YouTube TV and you want to purchase it standalone, $449 for the season, $349 early, $489 and $389 early with Red Zone. Steph, I don't want to hear any owner penny-pinching any player. I don't want to hear anything about losses. This company makes money hand over fist over charging their customers on almost everything and giving probably the worst experience, user experience, on Game Pass, NFL Plus, NFL Sunday Ticket. What am I missing here, Steph? <laughs> I don't know. I was excited about this announcement too, just because like I already had YouTube TV. So I was like, oh, this is perfect. I have Red Zone on there as part of my package. And I was thinking like we'd get a pretty good price. There is a discount for like the, the YouTube TV users already, but and you get a discount if you uh, join early or something like that which just also feels like a waste of time because it's like, okay, the season doesn't start for like several months. What am I actually paying you for? Um, so I, I was excited, but yeah, these prices are, are kind of steep. Uh, we will not be subscribing. Actually, I'm, I'm thinking about it. I don't know. It's just the convenience. It's, it's a convenience. It's having it on the big TV, you know, uh, volume up through the sound bar and everything. So I, I don't know. I was thinking about it. Girl, don't do it. It's not worth it. I'm not going to do it, girl. I was just thinking about it. I'm not going to do it. <laughs> I have had no problem watching the game, however it is that I have. Has not failed me once. I've watched every single 49er game. Yeah. Watch it on my TV. I'm not going to disclose how I do it, but I will tell you this. I am disclosing that I will not be paying for this, and the NFL should be ashamed of themselves. There was something to the idea of maybe just purchasing your team 
right? Like if they had an option mm-hmm. where it's yeah. I could just purchase the 49ers, that's that. great. Now, I, what happened to that? There, there, there needs to be more research, a.k.a. we want to bleed you dry and we want to, you know, it, the NFL is the most expensive product that you can go see. And rightfully so. I think, you know, it's the modern day gladiators and the, the team and the sport is, is beautiful. I understand that. But my goodness, man, even going to a game is crazy amounts of money, right? Like paying for a ticket. And if you want a good seat, imagine that, right? Like, I just, I don't want to hear the NFL owners, like pay Lamar, pay, pay everybody, every single player that wants to be paid. I don't want to hear it from the owners, man. There's a reason the salary cap goes up is because year after year, they continue to make money and they still just throw it back in NFL fans faces because they say, well, you're not going to do anything about it. You're just going to keep watching. And (laughs) you know what? They're kind of right. <laughs> yeah, they're not they're not wrong. Like I'm I'm thinking about paying this, so they're they're not wrong and I'm sure other people will as well. So um at that point though, for anyone who doesn't have YouTube TV, uh, I do enjoy YouTube TV. This is <laughs> sponsor us. Um no, but seriously, <laughs> uh I I do enjoy it. So at that point for the non-YouTube TV users, it's like a ridiculous amount. You might as well just get YouTube TV. I pay like Seven, I think it's like 75. Then I'm, you know, I get a ton of channels and now I pay 200, 250 extra for <laughs> Red Zone and and uh Sunday tickets. So <sighs> NFL, cry me a river when it comes to that. Okay, let's do it. <laughs> so, Steph, there's been a lot of talk, and that's all it is is talk. Mm-hmm. It's, I think it's more about a hypothetical thing than it is something that's real about the 49ers looking for a certain compensation and, you know, Trey Lance is going to be traded on draft day, all of these things that they just continue to float around. But the problem is, is that it's never really been a report, more just people speaking in hypotheticals and people just throwing out BS if we want to just be completely fair. Steph, what is this? Is this peak offseason content in which people are talking about trading Trey Lance or is there is is are you of the mind that it's like well where there's smoke there's fire uh sometimes that's true like i don't want to dismiss that like sometimes where there is smoke there is fire but we got to pay attention to where the smoke is coming out of exactly like is it coming out of the you know levi stadium uh or is it coming out of you know someone's basement um (laughs) so i i think right now (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I think right now what we're hearing in regards to Trey Lance possibly being, uh, you know, traded before or during the draft, I think uh, that's very misinformed. And clearly, like, you're, you're not looking at all the facts. Like, there's no way you're looking at all the facts if this is what you're hitching your wagon to, you know what I mean? And and you're making bets and you're, and you're telling people he is definitely going to be traded during the draft. Um, no, I don't, I simply do not think that's going to happen for a variety of reasons. We could talk about them. The biggest one for me, the 49ers only have what, like around 3 million in cap space right now. They need 1 million or around 1 million to sign their draft class. That is assuming they, they, um, you know, use all those for 11 players. Um, but still, just, just so you have an idea, I believe if, if, uh, Trey is traded before, I believe it's June 1st or June 11th or something like that, it would cost the 49ers about 11 million. 
they don't have the money. They literally cannot afford to do it. And what? And we're talking about them. Oh, there's a rumor that the 49ers will be okay with a second round pick and a fourth round pick. Why? Why would they do it for that and 11 million dollars that they would have to pay? You know, there's dead money. It there's no incentive to it, and it doesn't make sense to me. And that's why I'm saying, like, anyone who's throwing this out, like. Do you cover the team? Do you do you actually look into the <laughs> the team and what's going on? Like, but, but I, Steph, but Steph, everything that I've heard from Kyle Shanahan points to this trade. Uh, what? <laughs> what? Oh, look, I'll I'll say this. I'll say this, and and because I know I I tweeted out like there, there's no way that Trey Lance is getting traded this off season. <laughs> when when he eventually or if he eventually gets traded and like a year people are going to be sending me that and being like oh you said this i said this off season mm-hmm. like there there's a clear distinction there and because there's people who are saying he's going to be traded like mm-hmm. now like this off season and i simply do not think that is going to happen might he be traded somewhere down the line yeah that's possible sure but i i do not see it happening for a variety of reasons during or before the draft or this offseason in general. All right, Steph. Cook. I'm just going to take a deep breath. <laughs> okay. So the San Francisco 49ers have one able-bodied quarterback that is actually clear to play football, and neither of them are Trey Lance or Brock Purdy. It's Sam Darnold. The 49ers just went through four quarterbacks, and you are telling me, that before Trey Lance has actually been cleared, before Brock Purdy has actually been cleared to play, you believe that the 49ers are going to trade him in 16 days in the draft. You do not subtract quarterbacks when you lose them at the rate that the 49ers do. You should be adding. Let's get, let's get five quarterbacks in here. How dare you say that you want to get rid of one, especially one that has no sort of sample size for you to go off of? It's ridiculous. I have a question. What on earth would make you believe that you can trade someone who is not, one, healthy to be cleared, right? Like, one video doesn't mean that he's been cleared to play. Two, mm-hmm. there's only one other guy who's clear, and that's the guy that they just brought in. And three, what would you actually be getting? This is peak off season. I'm trying to look smart. I am trying to be right. Bullshit. Unbelievable. I cannot even believe this is even thought of right now at this point. Forget the, the the ramifications when it comes to the 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 money, the dead cap, right? That makes 100% sense. But if you trade Trey Lance today, you better have a crystal ball. You better have a doctor that says that Brock Purdy is going to be fine, ready to go week one. Otherwise, you are starting Sam Darnold, and God bless you. God bless you. And I don't understand it. He's still not cleared to go. Who would trade for a guy who still hasn't been cleared to play? And also, the question is this. What would the 49ers actually fetch? And what would teams actually give up for a guy that has only four games under his belt? Are you just so desperate to get rid of Trey Lance that you're just like, oh, God, please just give us a third and we'll just. No, 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 no. I don't understand. I don't understand this. I I don't understand where this is coming from. Again, if you want to talk about hypotheticals and what you can fetch in a trade, that's one thing that makes sense. Right. Like you're just talking about a hypothetical. But this whole, he's definitely getting traded on draft day. He's getting moved. How? Why? <laughs> Brock, Brock Purdy would be nowhere near being healthy at that point. So you're going to go to camp with Sam Darnold and what? 
Is that Josh Johnson's music again? Let's bring in Josh Johnson no, back. No, Jay, didn't you hear that quarterback becomes the number one need? <laughs> didn't you hear? <laughs> oh, uh, look, Steph. Terrible. All terrible. of this, all of this talk, all of this Aaron Rodgers stuff, all of these quarterbacks that are connected to the 49ers is because they still don't have a franchise guy. And they may have it on the roster. They may not. But they still have been chasing that guy since Steve Young. And as long as the 49ers don't have a penciled-in guy, like, you know, every April 11th, certain football teams and fans of football teams know who their quarterback is, right? Mm -hmm. April 11th, Kansas City Chiefs fans, Patrick Mahomes is your guy. Buffalo Bills fans, Josh Allen's your guy. The 49ers are now still, again, in another offseason in which it's like, well, it might be this guy, it might be this guy, could be this guy. Maybe it might be somebody else. It's it's as long as this continues, there's always going to be this. So for me, trading away people that are actually going to be healthy and take reps that you actually invested in, and then trading them away before anybody gets healthy enough for like what's how do you come to this conclusion? How how did how did this how did all of two plus two equal seven in this this equation? Like, because none of this makes sense. No. None of this makes any sense. Why would you trade away a guy, one, that you don't know much about that needs to play and is still somebody you invested in? And two, is not even healthy enough to play. And three, Brock Purdy's not even healthy enough to play. Steph, I just, I, I don't understand it. I don't understand it. Yeah, I, I can't. Um, we got a comment here. The same people that call this team's front office the smartest in the league are pushing for them to do the dumbest things possible. Yeah, I mean, you you said it, Jay. Like, they want to sound smart is what you said. And I was like, D- like, is this the way to sound smart, though? Like, this is not – and it just doesn't make sense, like I said, why you want to put all your eggs in this basket. Like, why, why this? You know what I mean? <laughs> it just – it doesn't make sense to me. Is not going to happen when it doesn't happen and the draft passes, comes and goes. Um, I'll be uh, somewhere chuckling <laughs> to myself. The only way that this is even be possible, um, you know, in terms of this, obviously, let's just throw dead cap out. The only mm-hmm. way that this would be possible would be Brock Purdy's been completely healthy and never tears his UCL and he's just ready to roll as, as season, you know, season's beginning, or the 49ers traded for 12 for Aaron Rodgers and they figured out a way. That's the only, like you can't trade away yeah. a guy that is going to be one of the two able-bodied quarterbacks that you need to run camp. And then what are you going to get? Like, I just, it baffles me that this can even rattle around in someone's brain. And then all of a sudden, this is what you came up with. I don't understand it. I really don't. And you're selling, you're selling people on the, like, if you're trading him, you're selling people the idea of what Trey Lance can become. And if I'm an NFL franchise, and this is no disrespect to Trey Lance because I still think he has tremendous upside and I think he can do it. I'm not sending you a draft pick to bet on, you know, something that I haven't seen with my own two eyes. I mean, why would you give away a draft pick to a team that, if this is true, is desperate to move away from Trey Lance for some reason? Mm-hmm. Like, Trey, like if, if the 49ers are getting rid of him for a third-round pick, then they're trying to avoid him like the plague because they wouldn't even do that with Jimmy Garoppolo. They didn't even want a third yeah. for Jimmy, right? Like they were like, no, yeah. no, 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 we can't. But now, oh God, just please give us a third and we'll just, we'll just, we'll, we'll give them to you, please. None of this makes sense. Two plus two does not equal seven here in this one, Steph. I'm, I'm sorry. And like, it's not surprising or it wouldn't be surprising if there were other NFL teams who were interested or, you know, calling about Trey Lance. Like that would not be surprising. You know, there's a lot of quarterback needy teams. Uh, 
there's a lot of talk of Trey Lance being available. So I think just off of that, like teams are going to want to inquire. That makes complete sense. But as of right now, to your point, Trey Lance doesn't have a whole lot of value. That's another reason why I think some teams are like, hey, like what's the what's the lowest you would go for Trey Lance, huh? Um, but I, I just don't see that happening from the 49ers standpoint. What incentive do they have to do this now at such low value? I think they need this offseason to see if he could build some of that value. They need some of this season, maybe the first four weeks of the season, and see how that goes to build some of that value, you know, and then – see where that goes from there. But as of right now, he doesn't have a lot of value. No, and he and and it's it's less about what you believe about the player and more about I need to see it. And this is a results driven business. Unfortunately, in the first year he didn't play. He got injured last year, but you would be betting on something that you haven't seen. Now, either you have a crystal ball or you are so dug in on the conviction that you really believe this will happen, which many people are. And that's okay if you feel that way. But it's hard for me to see a franchise to go out of their way and give away a draft pick or a high draft pick on the idea of Trey Lance. And I think that's where we are. It's just, again, Steph, I need the draft to come already, man. Guys, look at some draft people. Go evaluate the draft. Stop bringing this Touch up grass. about yeah like please man <laughs> stop bringing this up about Trey Lance I don't understand I don't understand it you have a team that has three picks at the end of the third round there are so many players that you should be evaluating at this point goes to show that some people really don't care about the draft process and some are just dug in on trying to create controversy and and I just don't understand it man especially when there's ways to create controversy without just making stuff up that doesn't even make sense right <laughs> yeah. we we can put dots together and we can like say, oh, wow, I never thought of it that way. But when you put all this together, none of it makes sense. None of it makes sense at all from a financial standpoint, from your investment, from what the players are on your team. I just, whew, it's 1025 in the morning. I got to I gotta chill out, man. It's just, I don't understand, Steph. I'm sorry, Cracking man. I really don't get it. It's early in yeah. the morning. <laughs> oh, my God, man. My God, please, please, let's evaluate some draft people. Go look at some linemen. Go look at some safeties. Go look at some corners. Go figure out what the 49ers need to do to help build this team up, man. Let's talk about free agents, something else. It can't just continue to be, well, they're going to trade Trey Lance. How? He's not even clear to play football. Let's start there. Let's get him Let's get him doing that, and then we'll talk about that. Right. Like, that's kind of important. Like, it's minor detail. Really important one. <laughs> oh, God. All right. So let's tie this back to Aaron Rodgers, right? Because I don't think we talked about that. Last episode, More we talked about Kirk talk. Cousins. Woo. More quarterback talk. Let's do it. So the Aaron Rodgers thing, it kind of comes up because I'm a New York guy, right? So I know who Craig Carlton is. Um, and he used to have a show with Boomer Sias, and I'm not sure if he still does, whatever it is, but – Craig Carlton goes on his show and he says that there is a surprise team waiting in the wings if the Jets fumble the bag on Aaron Rodgers and it's the San Francisco 49ers. I want to say this. Craig Carlton has no connections, never broke anything for the Jets, never broken anything for the Liberty, the Knicks, the Yankees, the Mets, the Islanders. So now... All of a sudden, he has this hot tip that the 49ers have talked to the Packers about Aaron Rodgers. And, and there's, even a, there's even a proposed trade of a first and a third for next year's first. And I think two thirds. I was about to say, wait, which first? <laughs> yeah, next, next year's first and two thirds the 49ers are offering, which blows away pick 44, 
and and everything that the Jets are trying to send for Aaron Rodgers. Two questions. First of all, one, if there is a deal on the table and the 49ers are offering a first and two-thirds, why haven't the Packers just run to the commissioner and get this gotten this done? That's how you know this is bullshit. And then two, the Packers are giving this to Carlton because he needs to drive ratings and he believes that he's dropping something that's real and it's to get Joe Douglas to panic yeah, and say, mm-hmm. oh, no. Third, Steph, the 49ers are always going to be in these discussions until they find the guy. And that's the most frustrating part. Until they have the guy, whoever it is, Brock, Trey, Sam, doesn't matter who it is. Until they have the guy, they're always going to be that team waiting in the wings because they're win now. And everybody seems to understand the 49ers are a franchise quarterback away from wreaking havoc on this league. I just, I'm tired, stuff. I'm tired. I mean, I am too. I mean, you you hit on all of the points, actually, because, yeah, it's it's more so the way I saw it was – this trade is taking forever. Like what's the, what's the freaking holdup. And if I'm the Packers just a few weeks away from the draft, I want this resolved before the draft. If, if I could, I want to know what the, the makeup of my team is going to look like and uh, trading away Aaron Rodgers, getting them off the books for good, I think uh, is going to do that for them, but they need it to happen. And, and most likely for them, the sooner the better, right? So uh, I think it, it, like you said, it's just a a way of trying to get the Jets to move on this because it's been going so slowly. And I I don't know what the holdup is. Also, like we we talked about it, off-season content, peak off-season content. There's not a whole lot to talk about. Sometimes you just got to throw some stuff on the wall and see if it sticks. And because, to your point, 49ers, no franchise quarterback, or at least – you know, other teams just aren't convinced, uh, you know, that Brock Purdy is going to be the guy, that Trey Lance could be the guy, you know, all of those things. Um, you know, that's going to stick to the wall just because people aren't convinced about it. So, uh, yeah, I-, I think it's nothing more than that. It is frustrating for sure. I'm tired of talking about Aaron Rodgers, hearing about Aaron Rodgers every freaking year. I'm just over it, man. Like, tell him to get this trade, like, going, man. Go into the – Jets building, Jay, and and tell him to hurry the hell up. Got it. I'm, yeah. I'm, I mean, MetLife's said, right there. He said, Me? "Oh, I'm 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 going. I'm going. I'm going right. Away. I'm gonna like listen. Gonna, get this done. Be I don't like want to hear about it." You like that video where you where you try to get into the building and it's like oh locked. Jamal Adams, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Jamal Adams. They must have caught me. Um, but yeah, unfortunately, these will persist. And the same thing, like what we talked about last week with Kirk Cousins, is again that timeline at the combine kind of adds up because. John Lynch was talking about, well, Brock Purdy, we don't know until we get in there. You have optimism that he'll be ready to go, but unfortunately, anything's on the table. So, and as long as Kirk and Kyle have this, you know, relationship in which it's kind of like forbidden love, uh, there's always going to be those sort of questions. So, uh, goodness gracious, man. I'm just, I want this to be done one way or another. And I'm just asking the 49ers for our sake. Can we please just have the guy? I really don't care who the guy is, but I would love to be one of these teams. Like I see what God has done for a lot of other football fans. And I want that for us. I just want to have the guy. I just want to have the guy. And I don't care who it is. I have no agenda on who it is. 
whoever it is, just please be the guy so we can stop I'll this. Say, I'll say another thing, though. Like, the reason – I know it sounds ridiculous to say no to Aaron Rodgers, but maybe in 2023 it's not so ridiculous um, as it used to be. But part of the reason also why it makes no sense for the 49ers is because they've been very adamant on having, like, a cost-controlled uh, running back room – or running back room – quarterback room sorry my fat my, my cats are about to like start fighting they're about to square up so i'm just kind of watching it's because you said <laughs> running back and they think they're gonna take one in the third round so i gotta i just gotta be aware if i need to break something up um but no they they've been very adamant about having a cost-controlled quarterback room and so it it makes no sense to bring in a guy who's gonna demand uh, a lot of money like aaron Rodgers and they would have to make a lot of changes elsewhere, which newsflash, they like their roster. They like what their team looks like. They like their quarterback room being very cheap right now. It, it opens up the possibilities for the Javon Hargrave signing um, for, you know, doing that Nick Bosa extension that they're going to do, you know, all these things. So they like the way that their team is built right now. Aaron Rodgers, Kirk Cousins, they don't fit into the equation. <sighs> Sticking with the oh, Gavin with the donation. Real reason fans are here. Kicker analysis. LFG. God. Well, let's you stick with the quarterback. You can't even be mad because because you got a donation. I did. I did. All right. But look. Be- all right. Anyway, <laughs> Gavin knows how to push my buttons. So, <laughs> kind of switching over. Um, Mike Clay of ESPN. He does incredible work, man. I'm a big fan yeah. of Mike Clay. Fairly uh, a bit of a fantasy guy, but I like to think that he's one of the fantasy guys that has a good feel for actual football. And, you know, I understand fantasy football is just about numbers and what you can do. And a lot of people get I I think they get their player evaluations mixed up with how they performed in fantasy. Like, I've always seen that when I talk about a player. Well, he's not good. He only scored me five points. Yeah, but there's like more to football than fantasy points. And that doesn't mean anything at this point. So my thing is, is this Mike Clay puts out a ranking of each position group on every team. It's a great table. I think it's an amazing table. So obviously the 49ers are on this list somewhere. So. We're starting with quarterback. Let's continue with quarterback and see where Mike Clay ranked him. So out of 32 teams, he has the 49ers quarterback position as a whole, not just one player, 24th. Uh, Percentage of overall grade is 28%. Steph, do you think that's too high, too low, just right? Uh, I would say that's just right. I mean, just because the sample size has been so small for (laughs) – all the 49ers quarterbacks, honestly. So I think it just, it it makes sense. Yeah, what Brock Purdy did was impressive. Yeah, Trey Lance has this high ceiling, you know. <laughs> or so, like, that's that's all we've heard, right? But it's all unproven, like, for the most part. Uh, so I think that's that's fair. Yeah, again, when we talk about proven commodities, that's why certain people are ranked in certain places, and I think that's completely fair. A lot of what we talk about when we talk about this position is small sample size, right? Eight games for Brock Purdy, four for Trey Lance. Hell, six out of 55 for for Sam Darnold, and yet, oh, man, I can't wait to see what Sam Darnold's going to do. Anyway, um, running back. Running back's number one. What do you think about that? Christian McCaffrey, Elijah Mitchell, Jordan Mason. Yeah. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, Christian McCaffrey is, I mean, a top five running back in the league. And in this offense, you can argue he is the top running back in the league, right? So 
I think that's fair. And also, yeah, Elijah Mitchell um, has been great as well when he's out there. So I'm, I like that. I like that a lot. And you have to kind of put Kyle Juszczyk in there because they, they use him. True. I mean, he's a fullback, but he's in the running back room as well too, you know? And also Debo Samuel gets carries. So I, I think this is far and away correct. Wide receiver, 11th. And that's 11% of the grade. 11, Brandon Ayuk, 11%. Oh, look, you're starting to put the numbers together. You're starting to put the pieces together here. What do you think about this one? Um, That one's like de- more debatable because I think, you know, the 49ers do have a solid group of wide receivers. But at the same time, I think the number may have more to do with their usage in this offense. Like this isn't an offense that I think features their wide receivers as much. You, you think about Brandon Ayuk. We know how good he is. And there's, you know, people outside of 49ers fandom that also can see that, but I don't think we see it on a consistent basis because he's just not featured, um, you know, that much in this offense. So I, I get it. And also Debo Samuel, a lot of people see him as just being this like running back who happens to be able to catch the ball and happens to play wide receiver. Um, so I, I think that's part of that as, as well. Yeah, and for me, I think the league is starting – well, not the league, the fan bases, because they're always talking about, well, we need to trade for Brandon Ayuk. I think they're starting to notice what we've always noticed about Brandon Ayuk and how good he is. And we still think that, again, not in a pass-heavy offense either, and you look at the year that Brandon Ayuk put up, right? So I, I do think that it's starting to come around. And, again, this list would be a lot different this year if you paired what Brandon Ayuk did with Debo Samuel's year from the year before. I'm sure you probably see it a lot higher. So I think this is this is fair as well, too. Moving on to tight end, third. But Steph, this is only about George Kittle. I mean, I I'm know. Sure it was like <laughs> Kittle carried. Dude, <laughs> to get right, like, I, I, I'm sure this isn't about Ross Dwelly or Tyler Croft or, or Charlie Warner um, at this point. Um, third, I mean, obviously, number one would probably be Travis Kelsey. Who's second? Mark Andrews? Like, what? what's the – what's the – I got to look this up. I mean, unless uh, Rob could put it up on the thing. Third, I think, is okay. I don't know, man. I, I, With the year that he had, I could see a, a way for him to be second. Yeah. I mean, who did he have a second for tight end? I don't know. Good question. I, I'm guessing it's got to be Mark Andrews because I don't know who would have had a better year. I mean, Kittle, Kittle scored 10 touchdowns for the first time in his career last year. Yeah. And I, I obviously, Kelsey's first. But also, I like Noah Gray, too. Um so, yeah, I mean, George Kittle carried on that one. And it makes sense because a lot of – It is Mark Andrews, by the way. Okay, okay. Uh, a lot of teams don't feature more than their starting tight end, right, mm-hmm. or their first tight end. So it makes sense that that's such a big part of the overall grade. And it makes sense. I'd I'd put Kittle third as well, I think. I got him second, man. I mean, I think Mark Andrews started off very well this year. Obviously, his play declines when Lamar Jackson gets injured, but Kittles didn't decline when they went through all their quarterbacks, and and him and Brock Purdy lit it up at the end of the year. I think that George Kittle far and away had a better year than him. I don't know if that had anything to do with the with the ranking, but I would like to see Kittle week one come out the gates like full season. Like, give me that full season. Uh, maybe we will see that with like Brock Purdy as as a quarterback. I don't know, but yeah, I would like to just see more consistency. I think. Okay, this one is going to shock people. Offensive line, 
30th. That means third worst in the NFL. Now, let's let's take a look at the concerns that we had in the offseason last year with the offensive line. Uh-oh. We have two tackles. We know what to expect out of both of them, but both our guards and our center are brand new. Uh-oh. We don't know what's going on. Well, now, this year, the only real question is right tackle at this point. I would think that you'd be a little bit more confident in this offensive line than we were last year. Last year kind of played out well. What do you think, Steph? Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, so it are these rankings based on going into 2023? It seems like that, right? To put put them 30th, it has to be based on like this this season, this upcoming season, what we know so far. It, there's no way like what they had last year. Uh, would be ranked 30th, I don't think. So I think it's the uncertainty, you know, no no right tackle, quote-unquote, um, some questions, you know. Uh, but overall, I think that's a little harsh. Uh, I think they'll be okay. I get from the outside looking in, you know, why it may be um, concerning for some, but you, you could have argued the same last off season going into the 2022 season three new starters, like, that would have had some people in a panic. I think it did have me in a panic through training camp. had us all in a panic. Yeah, through uh-huh. training camp and, you know, before week one and all that. So kind of a similar situation, but not as bad. So I think this is a little harsh, but from the outside looking in, I get it, I guess. And Kenny says, uh, Clay is basically saying the line is as good as it is because Shani props it up with his scheme. And I think that's very fair as well, too. Yeah. I'm just talking about from a question mark standpoint – Last offseason, we were like, oh, no, interior line. Jake Brendel's only started three games. What's Aaron Banks going to be? A lot of people wrote him off before he even had a chance to play. And then you get a, a starting right guard who, for the first time, the, the 49ers kind of just went to a rookie and said, go, like, get in there. And, and the last time they did that, mm-hmm. like, was with Mike McGlinchey. So I just think from a from a question mark standpoint, we have a, a far better grasp on this offensive line this year. So yeah. 30 out of 32, I don't know, man. That does feel a little bit harsh. But And uh, to Uncle Salty's point here in the comments, Trent Williams should have the 49ers offensive line in the top half by himself. I mean, if if we're going to rank, like, tight end three just based off of Kittle, why doesn't Trent Williams have that same pool for this offensive line? He does have that big of an impact on this group by himself. So, yeah, 30th is harsh. It's a little harsh for me. Steph is cooking early in the morning today. All right, defensive tackle. No coffee yet. No coffee yet, man. Imagine. And usually, you don't. You know, people say, "Don't talk to me until I have my coffee." Not yeah. Steph. Not Steph Sanchez. No. Defensive tackle, second, and that's eight percent of the grade. So that's Javon Hargrave and Eric Armstead. This feels right. It it does. I'm actually surprised though. Uh, like it's great that Javon Hargrave obviously the one of the best, if not the best defensive tackle right now. Um, but I was like, I was thinking they'd count in like Javon Kinlaw, who, you know, not so great. And, you know, I like this though. Uh, I think this is a good one, maybe a little higher than I would have expected, but I think it's right. Yeah. I think this feels right. I mean, this is probably the best duo. I mean, unless I'm missing someone mm-hmm. else, um, you know, in the league, obviously I am missing someone else. They were ranked number one. But, yeah, I'm a, I'm a little bit biased. I, I really am a big believer in Eric Armstead and what he does. I don't think everything pops up in the box score. That's an argument for another day. But when you bring him in and you have him and Hargrave back, and, and now Armstead's going to have a full offseason, be fine, ready to go week one, he's dealing with that plantar fasciitis. And even when he was getting back, 
he was playing well, like at the end of the season. So yeah, I'm with it as well too. You think about the rotation as well too. You got Kevin Givens, you have Ken Law. You're sure mm-hmm. you're sure gonna see a bunch of other people brought in as well too. So I I do like this one actually a second. So now Edge defensive end, seventeenth. Now to be fair, again, and this is what we're talking about, right? Trent Williams should have the offensive line a little bit higher. George Kittle's propping up this entire tight end room. Nick Bosa's pretty good at football, huh? Like Nick Bosa, Drake Jackson. Clean and feral. Um, you know, I think that's kind of the the point here. And I they did lose Samson Abukam and Charles yeah. Amenahue. So after Bosa, it does feel a little bare. What do you think about this one? Yeah, no, I, I think that's totally fair. I think that's the the reason behind this ranking. I mean, like like we said, clearly, like these are going into 2023. The draft hasn't happened yet. We know the 49ers probably gonna you know, draft a, another edge guy. And it's because they, they need guys. They, they lost a bunch this free agency period. So um, it makes sense for them to be 17th. I mean, we've seen in glimpses that Nick Bosa, as good as he is, he can't do it all on his own. You know what I mean? So um, I, I think this ranking is kind of uh, reflective of that. Right. And again, this is as the roster stands. You know, there's still things yes. to be, you know, there's still a bevy of impact players that haven't signed as well either. So that's something else that we mm-hmm. need to like consider when we're talking about this. Okay. Linebackers first. I don't think anybody's going to argue that. Uh, I don't think that's, that's pretty set in stone um, at this point. What do you think, Steph? Yeah, I like that. And I like that it's first, even with Aziz, uh, you know, having left. Leaving. Yeah. So I, I think it just speaks to how, highly respected Fred Warner and, and Greenlaw are. I do think Warner carries this one, um, obviously more so than Greenlaw. Um, but in comparison, you look at other teams and their linebacker groups, there's no one on, on the 49ers level. They, they only wish to get to that level. Everyone's still trying to find the next Fred Warner. Uh, hasn't happened yet. Yep. I mean, it, and people are just going to start drafting linebackers with dreads at this point, hoping that they find uh, Fred Warner. That's probably got to be the key, right? Of of great hair. I think people are, you know, there's a lot of talk about hair now on, on the, you know, 49ers Twitter. But, you know, I, I think there, there might be a little well, bit of power of, in Fred Warner. There of. Uh, why did you have to do that? Like, I, I knew I knew why you said that. <laughs> it was not stupid. I, I, I shouldn't have brought it up. That's my fault. All right. Cornerbacks, 24th. And Remember when we were talking, I think it was last episode about draft crushes and, and, and what were needs. And I told you, I feel that cornerbacks have to be a priority because after the Amador Lenore, it gets kind of shaky. And I think Mike Clay is on the same wavelength as I am. What do you think? Yeah, I, I mean, I think so, too. Obviously, losing Jimmy Ward, Mosley. Yeah, I mean, those do sting, even for me. Um, And I think Lenore, he stepped up, but it's one of those things like, will he be able to sustain that level uh, of play that he had in in the playoffs? I think we need to see more to know for sure. I think he's going to be the starter, honestly, uh, you know, going into 2023, uh, opposite Charvarius Ward. But yeah, there's, there's a lot of movement. There's a lot of, you know, there's going to be a lot of new faces in terms of depth as well. Um, we've already seen some of those guys. So, yeah, I think this is this is fair. Maybe a little harsh. I don't know if I'd go all the way down to 24th, but I 
yeah, it's, it's fine. I, I think the thing is as well, too, is a lot of people say, well, I want somebody to be a really good third corner. Well, a lot of teams don't have that. You know, I just I'm just talking about if, God forbid, there's an injury, you're likely going to Samuel Womack, maybe Embry Thomas. You know that, you know, Samuel Womack played a little bit outside, wasn't exactly successful in Atlanta. And every time it seems to have fallen out of favor because they've gone to everybody but Embry when it when it was time to, to put someone in when Mooney Ward went down. So um, I do think this is a bit fair. And I do this again. You know, you have to you have to draft a corner. And I put up my third round mock yesterday. PFF's board is a little uh, I guess it's like uneven because there's no way that I should get THC, uh, Jamie Robinson and Isaiah McGuire in three picks like that. Like, I mean, sign me up as a first. This is why right. I hate mock drafts. It's like so unrealistic. It's like, what am I send doing? John Lynch, I'll send this to you, man. This is it right here. Run it up to the run it up to the podium, man. I, even I was surprised. It's all out of the way. But yeah. But um safeties, number nine. And I think this is actually really good as well, too. And I think the 49ers are gonna add another safety, someone who I've really had an eye on and been able to watch a little bit of, and I'm walking away impressed with is Sidney Brown. Um, I think he's somebody who can be eventually a three-down safety for this team. What do you think about? All pro Talanoa Hufanga and Tashawn Gibson Sr. leading this group and they're ninth. Um, I'm surprised this is ninth. I I get it because I think it's the outside perception and also inside. I mean, Hufunga, I think, had he started off the season really good. I think that tapered off like towards the second half of the season. Still solid, still enough to to be an all pro, and that's awesome. And Gibson, of course, just, you know, was that surprise, unassuming sighting, uh, signing that, you know, ended up working out real well for the 49ers. Um, yeah, I'm a little surprised it's ninth, but, like, I guess in a good way. Like, I – yeah, I, I guess it's right. Okay. Overall, based on all of the, the percentage of scores, all position groups, which they don't talk about special teams in here. Gotta love Mike Clay. He's a pioneer. Um, overall, the roster is 16th. That feels wrong. But you know why it isn't wrong? Quarterback? Yes. Yeah. As long as you have a question mark at the most important position, this is going to be it. And this is what's dragging the score down. Even with the offensive line being ranked 30th, how could a team that is so loaded at running back, so loaded at wide receiver, so loaded at linebacker at the top, you know, at the top of the position groups be this low? It's because of quarterback, unfortunately. And that's the central theme of today, I believe. And this episode is as long as the quarterback position is still a question mark, the 49ers will be ranked this low. They will be tied to every single quarterback under the sun who wants to go to a win now team. It's just frustrating stuff. They're this close. Right or wrong. I mean, I think Kyle Shanahan has proven he does not need a, a top-end elite quarterback to be a very good playoff contending or a playoff team. Uh, 16th, I think, is harsh, um, you know, but I get it. It's because of the it's because of the whole quarterback thing. But there are teams who have elite quarterbacks who I would probably rank lower than the 49ers. You know what I mean? So it's mm -hmm. quarterback is not the end-all, be-all, and the 49ers are stacked, like, everywhere else. So I think it's a little unfair, but I do, I do understand the sentiment. At the end of the day, the 49ers aren't going to be 
the 16th best team when we're looking at playoff seeding or, mm-hmm. you know, we're looking at the rankings at the end of the year. Um, so, but I get it. <sighs> Us not getting our quarterback. Unbelievable, man. Well, <laughs> this has been a fun episode. It's someday. Well, it, you know, I see what God has done for other fan bases and I want that for us. Um, but I did want to end on something a little bit more fun. So the NFL, I think it was a day ago, they sent out a tweet saying, who's your team's best NFL draft pick of all time? And I, you know me, uh, I'm a jokester uh, on Twitter. I posted a picture of AJ Jenkins. So I wanted to, (laughs) so I wanted to ask you this question, not who's the best NFL draft pick for the 49ers, but who's the most disappointing um, I, I mean, I think AJ Jenkins would make sense, but I don't think he had a lot, like the, the expectations weren't very high to begin with. So I don't, whoa, think... whoa, whoa. Are you remember the story of AJ Jenkins? Yes. I, I remember when he got drafted, I was like, who the hell is that? My, I mean, well, I wasn't like as much into the draft and like covering the 49ers as I am now, but I was like, well, who's this goober? Um, well, the thing <laughs> is, is Trent Balky, Trent Balky. Of course, Trent straight out of yeah, it. straight out of draft day, had an envelope that he passed over, and he slid it. And what was in the envelope was AJ Jenkins. No matter what, AJ. I thought Jenkins, that was a joke. Did that really happen? Hey, I'm running with it. Uh, I mean, <laughs> at this point, this this like, episode has been joke. about this episode has been about not being factual. So why would I stick to the facts here on this one? <laughs> There's other ones that come to mind. I, I love that Rob's bringing these up, right? Um, Solomon Thomas, JJ Stokes, Rashawn Woods, Kentwan Balmer. I don't want to say Ken Law, man, because I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm scared of him. So I'm not going to say him. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but uh, it's a lot of them, honestly, at this yeah, point. I, I could, yeah, I could throw out, I could, I can throw out Jalen Hurd because I, I love Terry McLaurin so much. That one still hurts to this day. Um, and then we got the glimpses of the, the greatest preseason touchdown catches in the history of the NFL and then nothing else after that. Um, Joe Williams, I mean, he was only a third-round pick. But I think what this is about is about, like, first-round picks. Yeah. So yeah. I, I think that's what it would be about. For sure. I mean, Solomon Thomas, I think, is is probably up there. Reuben Foster, I think, is is another one yeah. because especially because you saw like glimpses of his talent and, mm-hmm. you know, it's just all the off field stuff that kind of, you know, ruined that. So that's a disappointment, you know. Yeah, um, yeah there's a few, un- unfortunately. Would you yeah, say uh, I mean, going going oh, way we- back, uh, oh. would you say like Alex Smith? Um, that was tough because initially that's what that looked like, but then they were able to get juice from him at the end there, but it wasn't, was it enough to combat that? I think the overarching sentiment about Alex Smith was mm-hmm. more about the situation okay. he was put in. Right. And I think, I think a lot of that had to do with it because he did become so solid later on. So I don't know if he would be as disappointed, but when you draft somebody number one, you think that you're getting a, a you know, a, a franchise changer. So in that regard, but- he might be a disappointment. And also, like, unfortunately for him, like, he was always linked to Aaron Rodgers. Uh, so I think in that regard, that was more of a disappointment from the 49ers standpoint, like decision making more so than like Alex Smith, uh, you know, the person and the player. Giovanni Carmazzi, anybody? 
All right, enough, man. I, uh, this episode is now going to make – I'm going to close this episode out, and I'm going to go cry now and think about all the players that have disappointed the 49ers. Um, thank you guys for tuning in. Make sure you guys are subscribed to the Gold Standard Podcast Network wherever you get your audio podcast. Make sure you follow GS Podcasts on Twitter. Make sure you follow Steph on Twitter at Steph49K. Make sure you follow me on Twitter at Jason Aponte2103. For Steph, for Jay, we're out of here. Peace.